Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, director of Priests for Life. Thank you for joining me. Leave your prayer intentions in the comments. Let's put ourselves right now in the presence of God and of His mighty word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, prepare us. Prepare us for the coming of your Son. He came in fulfillment of all the prophecies and the law and the events of salvation history that we read about in the Old Testament. He came as the fulfillment of the promise that you would send the Messiah. And this Messiah is equal to you. He is God. And thank you, Father, that he comes to us every day in his word, in sacraments, and in his grace, and in the community. And we thank you, Lord, for the promise that Jesus Christ will come again. Prepare us for his coming. May we welcome one another as he welcomes us. May we defend the vulnerable as he defends us who are weak and vulnerable. Build through us and around us a culture of life. Bless us now with repentance for our sins. And help us to understand your word more deeply, proclaim it more effectively, live it more faithfully through Christ, our Lord who comes. Amen. Reading from Matthew's Gospel. Jesus said to the crowds, To what shall I compare this generation? It is like children who sit in marketplaces and call to one another, We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang you a dirge, but you did not mourn. For John came, neither eating nor drinking, and they said, He is possessed by a demon. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and they said, Look, he is a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is vindicated by her works. You know, this uh, last line of this gospel passage is also translated, time will prove where wisdom lies. Isn't that the case? Jesus is saying that, you know, people, and we can apply it to our generation, people are behaving like children. They're behaving like spoiled brats. They don't know what they're doing. They're never satisfied. And they're not following the ways of God. They're making foolish decisions. And of course, again, we think here always of the culture of death. Time will prove where wisdom lies. Is it those who have more power and money and they can pass constitutional amendments in states like Ohio and put unlimited abortion in the Constitution, even though the people have absolutely no desire for unlimited abortion by any majority standards anyway, time will prove where wisdom lies. It's not always apparent in the present who are the fools and who are the wise, but time will prove where wisdom lies. But let's make an application to what he's saying here. People are faced with the Word of God, and they're never satisfied. 
certain people. We played you the flute, you didn't dance. We sang you a dirge, you didn't mourn. In other words, some people will say, oh, but I don't know God. He hasn't revealed himself. They, they claim some kind of agnosticism. Now, they may say, if you ask them, yes, I believe there's a God. But well, I'm talking about a moral agnosticism where they basically say, yeah, you know, God is out there watching us from a distance. But, you know, I basically I have to decide what's right and wrong because it's not exactly clear. You can't really know it with any kind of certainty. You'll, you'll, you'll see politicians, well, excuse me, politicians fall into some kind of moral agnosticism about what's morally good for the community. Oh, I can't impose my morality on, on anybody. Yeah, some of those who say that don't have any morality to impose anyway. But it's like, what do you mean? You, you, you can't discern what's good for the community versus what isn't? And they'll claim this literally moral agnosticism. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. Well, then you don't belong in public office. In fact, a voter doesn't belong in the voting booth unless they know the difference between right and wrong. Otherwise, it's like throwing a dart in the dark. You know, what's it going to hit, if anything? How are you going to guide your family, your country, your community, public policy, if you don't know the difference between right and wrong? So there's an agnosticism on the one hand. Even though the Word of God has been revealed and God has shown His face in the flesh in Jesus Christ, which is what we're celebrating at Christmas. No, 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 I don't know, we don't know. We played you the flute, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. So you give them the word of God, you point out God has revealed himself in the face of Christ, that he has given us specific teaching, Sermon on the Mount, for example, that he has established a specific church that continues to teach and preach in his name, sends forth the apostles to preach, and he says, those who listen to you, listen to me. And then people have the opposite reaction. Oh, this is too specific. Oh, you're putting me in a, in a, in a, in a straitjacket. You're putting me in a box. You're giving me too many rules and regulations. Uh, oh, God doesn't require us to follow any particular church. He doesn't require us to worship Him in any particular way. He doesn't require us to follow this, these commandments or this catechism. or uh, These teachings are too specific. You can't say that God is only saving us through Jesus Christ or Christianity is the only way to heaven or, or that you have to follow this or that teaching. So on the one hand, people complain they don't know what God wants. And on the other hand, when God tells them, they say, oh, well, it's too restrictive. It's, it's too particular. It's too, we can't have this like only one way to do it. We sang you a dirge, but you did not mourn. Brothers and sisters, the solution here to this problem Jesus is pointing out is to do exactly what he said. Repent and believe in the gospel. Accept the fact that God has spoken. Welcome the teachings of the baby that you welcome in the manger and follow them. Yeah, it's very specific. Yes, in some ways you can say it's limiting, but it's limiting you to the things that increase your freedom and your joy. It's not limiting you in a way that takes away your freedom and your joy. 
We sang, we played the flute, you did not dance. We sang a dirge, you did not mourn. Jesus is saying what Elijah the prophet said. Stop straddling the fence. Stop trying to have it both ways. Make a choice. The coming of Christ at Christmas brings a duty. Brings an obligation. Doesn't only bring a gift. It brings an obligation. And let's spur one another on. To say, listen, when you welcome this baby in the manger, you're welcoming all his teachings, including his teachings, about the sanctity of life. Welcome him. Be serious about welcoming him. Don't dance around like little children or never, never satisfied. Welcome him. He has come. And when you welcome that child, welcome the Sermon on the Mount. Welcome the teaching about forgiving your enemies. Welcome the commandments. Welcome the church. Welcome the sacraments. Welcome the catechism. Welcome the, those he sends to teach and preach. Welcome the whole Christmas package. Unwrap it and use it. It will save you. It will bring you happiness and fulfillment. Indeed, time will prove where wisdom lies. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the fact that when we welcome you in the manger, we're welcoming everything that you came to give us, all the teachings, all the grace. Yes, the commandments. He who loves me keeps my commandments, you said. Let us welcome you, Lord, in your word, very specific as it is, let us not claim agnosticism and let us not complain that the teachings are too specific. Bless us with fidelity, faithfully, joyfully living out exactly what you have taught us and proclaiming it to others. We, we intercede for the others in our lives and in the world. Lord, some have strayed from the faith. Bring them back. Some don't even know the faith. Reveal yourself to them. And some are suffering in various ways. Give consolation. Raise us up, make us strong and united. Bless our leaders, bless our families, heal the sick, give eternal rest to the dead. And now we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God bless you, friends. Thanks for joining me. Stay connected with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Stay connected with our entire ministry at endabortion.us. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. This organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. Priest, the Priest for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priest for Life generously? 
Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness and be assured of our prayers for you every day. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.